Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Welcome to Kogel Wine and Film, A Perfect Pairing. I'm film critic Gary Kogel, and today an origin story that takes place in the early 1700s, starring actress Amber Midthunder. Now, she plays a female Comanche warrior in a life-and-death struggle to just protect her tribe from an alien predator. And the film is a good one. It's called Prey. And one of our favorites, Jeff Bridges, survived severe COVID and a cancer scare, to star in a seven-part Hulu series playing an older CIA operative who's being hunted by the FBI, John Lithgow and the great Amy Brenneman, co-star in The Old Man. I'm Smollier Haley Hamilton Cogill, and I am thrilled to pair Prey with an impressive wine from the first Native American winemaker, who also happens to be a woman. The wine is Cayman's Two Dreams, and she is Tara Gomez. And for the old man, we'll toast with a wine from Old Vines. Ah, you like how I did that? Old on old. <laughs> Brandlin Estates, Cabernet Sauvignon. You're talking about me again. Oh, listen to you. Never. Stop. But first, Gary, we watched Prey the other night together. And you, like, the first scene came on and you were in. I'm all in. I, I You know, we've been reading about it. And, you know, I'm not a Predator fan. I, there's four Predator movies. This is the fifth. It's the It's the only origin story. This is much better than all four of those. Yeah, and I, I, you know, there are parts of the Predator films when they first started that were interesting and 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 pretty well made. But I, I've never been a huge fan of. Someone's like, "Oh my God, a new Predator movie!" It's like, no, I can stay away. And then I start reading about this, and then it, it opens and it looks like Inaratu's film. It looks like Revenant, the Leonardo DiCaprio film, and it's seventeen nineteen, and it's up in Montana, Wyoming area, and it's Native American cast, and it's actors I've never seen before. And they're really good, and it's and shot really so dirty. well. <laughs> and they're always dirty in these movies because it's 1719, yes. <laughs> and there's no plumbing anywhere. And so what happens in this movie from the get-go is the are the images from this director and the cinematographer. And, and all of a sudden, it just it looks accomplished. It looks better than most of the stuff you see. It looks I feel like I'm in a movie theater. It's very cinematic. I'm drawn in. Well, we should also say this is streaming now on Hulu. It's so we did watch it at home. And we're, yes. Yeah. So we weren't actually in a movie theater. Right. right. And it, it, it deserves it to be that, in a movie theater. Yeah, and it's that. not in a movie theater. Yeah. And so and I think this is kind of, you know, in some ways, technically, maybe an Oscar level film. I don't think it's a big Oscar contender, but it's, it's, it's you know, it's, up, it's really good. And it, you know, it's this, it's this, it's this weird amalgam of, of what you have as, Native American culture back in the day, uh, you learn about the separation between the men and the women of the tribe. And and this girl sets herself apart right away because the whole film focuses on her. Mm-hmm. She's the point of view of the POV in this movie. Mm-hmm. And and she's does she want to be one of the guys? I don't know. She oh, just absolutely. got all she has all these skills that 
are as good, if not better, than the guard. So can I? I'll I'll jump in with my yeah. two cents. So the interesting thing about this, I mean, basically this predator is going after the prey, and the right. prey is basically anything that it sees around them, which could be a deer, which could be a person, which could be you know, a, yeah. who knows what else alien world this thing came from. Um, the element that she realizes in this movie, and I don't think I'm, I'm giving anything away, is that he, the, the, the predator did not see her as anything to fear. He, he, he did not see her as prey, which I think kind of speaks to the whole story of female and her not feeling like she was as relevant she, she goes unnoticed yeah i mean it's and well because he didn't fear her there was no reason to to think that he, that she was going to right. do anything which was obviously the complete opposite which is obviously what women have dealt with their entire lives of being um of of, of having someone think that they aren't capable of doing everything that they are didn't we in this century get the women's right to vote? I know. <laughs> <laughs> or last, it was last century. But. Yeah, but we haven't. Um, well, but and, just crazy. <laughs> and and females' but, rights are continuing to be taken away from them. <laughs> absolutely. I mean, it's it's really interesting in that concept. That's why this film is smartened up rather than dumbed down. Right. Rather than a, kind of a dumbed down, almost uh, alien horror movie. Right. That's not this movie at all. And the uh, the relationship, you know, she's I've never seen Amber Mid Thunder before, oh. and then her brother is played by an actor named Dakota Beavers. I've never seen Dakota Beavers before. Yeah. He's fascinating to me, and and all of them out in the elements. Once again, it reminds me a little bit of Revenant. It's that accomplished kind of style of filmmaking, and uh, and then the aliens, interesting, and I, you know, I, there's some illogic things that happen in the last 15 minutes of that movie that I just kind of I don't know what's really going on in this movie at the end of it, but man, all the way along, I'm on for that ride, and I think it's interesting, and that looks like a sequel going to happen, you know, if if it if it does well, but it's not in theaters. It's on Hulu. So it's already financed. It's the director is interesting because it's Dan Trachtenberg and he directed 10 Cloverfield Lane, that sci-fi film that I just, I love that whole thing looked like it was shot on a home video camera kind of on the streets of, you know, things landing in a, in a, in a city. And it, it's, it kind of scared me. And also this, this film had all this help and assistance from the official Comanche Mm -hmm. nation. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, it, I, in fact, one of the producers is a member of the Comanche, Comanche Nation. And I, you know, it's all, it's all infused with earnestness and then smartened up. It all disguises an alien predator movie yeah. that takes place in 1719. There's a million reasons why this film it shouldn't work. should go direct to video and not work. Yeah. And there's well, a, it kind of did go direct to Well, <laughs> it, but that was intentionally. Yeah, I mean, it's who yeah. picked it up. But you know, yes. if this film had opened in theaters, I think it'd, it'd do $100 million, you know, pretty fast, pretty instantly. But, you know, and they'll probably release it maybe like that in Europe. I, don't, I have no idea. But this director's really good. And, and I was reading a quote from him the other day that he said, we wanted our intent on this movie on, on Prey was to do things that have not been done before in the, the Predator franchise, but also in that culture. And and when you, it's just like it's representation in movies is so important and film, 
And we talk about diversity a lot. We talk about all this. But in, let, until you put people up on the screen that look like you and, and, and in that culture to see all of those actors in this and something that accomplished, because I, I don't know about you, but I, I just feel that that culture has been beaten down for so long, for so long and so abused quite, for so long. Quite literally. <laughs> literally. Yeah. And, and I think this is worth celebrating. I, I think it's interesting. Her name is Naru, N-A-R-U. And, and, and she is formidable. You know, and, yeah. and as you watch this movie. You realize her strength. You realize her strength, and 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 I just and lo- she's who ends up saving the village, as every good woman she's, does. She's the star, the center yeah. of this whole thing. Saves her tribe. Yeah, yeah, and <clears throat> and also, you know, you bring in the whole element that was also going on at the time, which that is the fur trappers that were coming in, and not just they're bad people, and not just you know taking all the hides from the buffalo, but just destroying. Anything that came came in sight with them, right? With they them. have no love of the land and no love of of humanity. Of humanity, and and this culture in Naru's culture is total love for the land and the nature and the buffalo, and 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 everything around them. Uh, the, the other quote I wanted to say from the director Dan Trachtenberg was, the, he said this quote: "Comanche specifically has often been relegated." to playing the sidekick or the villain. So in making them the leads of this movie, the experience of the viewer watching the film would be linked to the experience that she, Naru, goes through inside the movie that you just, you've, you've kind of got to see everything through her eyes. And I'm going to say this one more time. This is a smartened up film. It's really, really good. Yeah, it's great. And I can't explain the last 15 minutes. <laughs> I might have to go back and watch it. We again. might, but I agree with you. And it's it's interesting and it, it kind of... Um, would be a very different story if it had taken place in a different Indian tribe, which we'll get to our pairing. Cool. So, um, because from from my little bit of research, and I am certainly not an expert on Native American culture, but the um, Chumash mm-hmm. um, Indians, yeah, the tribe, which are here in Southern California, um, they actually have the the way that they uh, lead is with a woman having as much importance as the man. In fact, if if someone came to meet with the tribe, then they would often meet with with one of the elder women, cool, instead of one of the elder men because they were as important and and obviously as yeah. as, as you know had that same kind of um, hierarchy. So. I was really excited to to find um, Tara Gomez, who uh, is sadly the first Native, not only Native American uh, winemaker, but also the first Native American female winemaker. Um, she's also a lesbian. She is kind of defying a lot of what a wow. lot of the, the the stereotypes that we think about um I love about, her already um absolutely uh winemakers and and but she's not doing it to say hey look at me it's because she has a genuine love of it she knew um growing up in in southern california early on that this was what she wanted to do her parents would take her and her siblings around and do little wine tastings and, you know, Santa Barbara County and, and slow and such. And, um, 
And she just became fascinated. And she became fascinated with the science of it, which is another thing that nice. I love because you don't see a lot of, um, sadly, females that are interested in the in, in science and the laboratory and that sort of element of, of especially winemaking. So she knew early on that she that she was in. She's a member of the Santa Ynez Band of the Chumash Indians. Um, and and her tribe actually really helped her when she said, this is what I want to do, which is another really, I think, impressive thing about, about this um, particular tribe is they helped put her through school. They supported her along the way. They didn't say you're a female. They didn't say you're a Native American. They didn't, they said, no, go and do and be. Um, she, she kind of earned her badges going and, and working um, at J. Lore. She um, worked at Fess Parker. She um, went to Europe. She traveled throughout Spain and throughout France and um, kind of honed her skills, really learned how, um, what kind of winemaker she wanted to be, like the old world style. So she came back. It was interesting. Um, and kind of my my pairing had to shift a little bit because I was initially going to pair with actually a wine that that was started on her actual tribal land. Um, and it was a piece of land. It's it's called Camp Four. It was actually owned by Fess Parker um, back in the day, and the tr- and actually it was owned by the <laughs> by the tribe back in the day. That then you know anyway, um, tribe got it back a fourteen hundred acre parcel of land um, called Camp Four in Santa Ynez Valley, and within this land there was a vineyard, and um, so the. They set up this winery um, called Kitta. I believe that's the correct pronunciation of it. Um, that every single member of the tribe had to vote on, and it was, wow. and she, and they supported her in this, and and it was awesome. And sadly, somehow, it, I think COVID did bad things, and so it's closed last year. Mm. But now she has, I think kind of an even better love story because she and her wife, um, who is a Spanish winemaker from Catalonia. Well, cool. Um, even cooler. Yes. Have started a, a winery that's called Cayman's Two Dreams, um, celebrates their mutual love of the earth, love of wine, love of each other. Um, it's they're They are crafting everything from kind of a spicy Gruner Veltliner to a peppery Syrah. Um from, you know, the Rhone varieties in San Inez Valley do so beautifully. We talked about about the Janata wines not too long ago. And I just, I I love that one, she um, is such a strong and, and celebrated. She's part of a, a kind of advisory board with the James Beard Foundation to help emerging winemakers um, kind of give mentor and and give advice to and I want to meet her. I know. I think I and yes. I was actually trying to see they I I think that they have their offices are on Lompoc and I was if we're next time we go up to Santa Barbara then right. we're I, I oh, want we're us doing to, this. Yeah. to to have an opportunity to to get to know her because I think one she's she's so incredibly passionate and she's so incredibly proud of her of her heritage and 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 what she brings to the table. I think it's just really, really special. Isn't it fun to have an impressive movie that kind of came out of the blue and then to learn about her? Yeah. And 
This is why we do wine and film a perfect pair. This is just the perfect story and the perfect film for it. Isn't that great? Yeah. Hey, thanks for that. I I think that's awesome. Yeah. When we come back on Kogel Wine and Film, A Perfect Pairing, Jeff Bridges is back in a new Hulu series that's both serious and accomplished. It's a good one. It's called The Old Man, and we will be right back. Welcome back to Kogel Wine and Film, A Perfect Pairing. Jeff Bridges has been nominated for seven Academy Awards. Wow. In his career. That's pretty darn impressive. That's amazing. <laughs> and in his latest, uh, he's a very, very violent, but very, very good series called The Old Man. And yeah. he he's he's feisty. He is feisty. Uh he he's also formidable. Yeah. I mean, he there's a fight there between Amber Mid Thunder and Jeff Bridges if they cross-pollinated those Hulu series. But uh, yeah, he's great, and I, I and we haven't seen him in quite a while because we know he was he got really ill. He was very sick and dropped and dropped out, and and he had very severe COVID, and then he he's had this cancer scare and going through all kinds of things for the last probably what year and a half, and I think they started this series and then had to stop. They did, yeah, and then picked it back up. You know, it's Jeff Bridges. <laughs> yeah. Wow, Gary, and he. he and then he just kicks ass. Yeah. He's just like He doesn't look like an old man at all. No. He he is he is sharp, he is feisty, he is and healthy. He's, and he's sad. Yeah. He's got a lot there's a whole melancholy thread through. This is a very well-made series. Uh, to me this is an Emmy nominated probably series. That's an Emmy nominated performance I think by him. But, you know, and, and I don't, I've never quite understood, you know, he was a CIA operative and then, you know, the whole John Lithgow character comes in and they're trying to kill, they're trying to bump him off. And because he knows too much. Because he knows too much. Yeah. But, you know, they're, they're, they're two people that should be working together, not working together. Right. And Jeff Bridges is just trying to lay low. But he's got this whole thread also with a daughter and this whole sadness with his daughter. And it, and it plays itself out. It, it just is one of those things where you watch it. Does it get better and better every episode? No, but it's consistently good every episode. It, it you ha- you can't skip an episode though because no. it's very um, it, it's a little hard to to follow along. I mean, you you kind of have to to give it a little room. There's a lot of espionage in this. Yeah. It, yes, and and it can be a little confusing, and you're kind of like no. What now? Who's yeah. who is that now? Why are we here? And what's going on? But if you if you follow along, I think <laughs> I think I figured it out. <laughs> well, and you, you never you, you're not sure. There's nothing predictable in it. You're not sure how it's going to end. You're, you're really not sure. I mean, this guy could die any minute. I mean, he he and he's going to kill a few people along the way too. He's going to take people out with him. Uh, and he, he's he's. He's tough stuff. But the only reason he's doing that is because they're coming after him. Because they're kind of, if they just left him alone, leave leave the old man alone to leave, live out his life. Leave the old man alone who's got all this backstory, baggage, and baggage. Listen, this is I I think Jeff Bridges is so interesting. And has he done anything not watchable in the last ten years? Probably not. Everything he's done has been great. And then he wins the Oscar. You know, you said he was nominated seven times, but he won once. Probably should have won once, maybe twice, but you know he wins for Crazy, Crazy Heart, Heart playing the alcoholic country singer. 
but also um, everything he's everything he's in is just interesting. And I mean, he goes all the way back well, to Starman. He does all the way back to uh, um, um, oh, the film that was shot in in Wax, not Waxahachie, but in in Texas. Uh, well, it'll come to me in a little second. But I, he just he, his work goes. He worked with his dad and his brother a lot. Yeah. His dad was on Sea Hunt, and he was a kid actor on Sea Hunt. It's just well, wasn't there a, a a a story for a while that for him to read a script, you'd have to initially pay him, just give him a million dollars, and then he'll read. So your, the, yeah, your the script. story. The so story. That's why he's doing good work. He didn't want to work all the time, and he was inundated by you know hundreds and hundreds of scripts. So he said, you know, at one point the, the story goes. I don't know how true it is. I think it's kind of true. Yeah. Maybe here and there. Well, if you want me to read that script, pay me a million dollars and I'll get around to it. <laughs> like, what? Well, nobody's going to do that. Yeah. So it kept a lot of people away. And then he ends up doing Crazy Heart wins the Oscar. Uh, but I want to talk about also John Lithgow for a little bit. I, I Every time I watch John Lithgow, he was great in The Crown. I think he won an Emmy for it. He was great in Bombshell which was not Roger Ailes. It was, did he play Roger Ailes? The Fox guy yeah. in it, who was just kind of big and bloated and awful and all those lawsuits came out. But The World According to Garp to Me, where, where he plays the NFL football player who has a sex change and comes out and is wearing dresses. God, I just, love, I just think John Lithgow is great. But we have a connection with Amy Brenneman because part of, part of this movie is he meets a girl and I can't figure her out. Well, in the movie. that's what because why is she so attracted to him? And why is she, why does she? Well, is she undercover too? I, that's what I kept thinking, but we never really saw that. But yeah, but they get um, together. Well, and and I also think that it's because she has a terrible sadness in her own life. In her own life, and so you know, here's here's a handsome. Funny talking to what? Wow, Sounds like Walter Brennan. <laughs> Jack Nabbit, little Luke. But we love Amy Brennan. I mean, remember the leftovers? We were hooked on that show. Oh, that, yeah. that was just a really great show. And then she goes all the way back to judging Amy and but and he. She's God, doing... she's the girlfriend of Robert De Niro yes. in one of my favorite all time movies, Heat. She's doing really good work. She's doing really. And she was in a little film I think called Words and Pictures. She was in Words and Pictures, and 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 brilliant in it. It's <laughs> kind of head of the school board. And there was another. There's a, that, a, that Words and Pictures movie. If you want to watch it, it's it's with. Uh, <laughs> and you, you do you want to find it on demand. Uh, but it's good. really good. That uh, was it, Clive Owen in that. Clive Owen and and Oscar winner <laughs> Juliette Binoche. It's directed by Fred Skepsi. We we digress, yeah. but yeah. there is a nice uh, connection because the mm-hmm. last few scenes of the old man Amy uh, is on set with one of her former co stars from Words and Pictures. Words and and he and he he. Because we we get it we get a Navid sighting. Navid Negabon. <laughs> uh, Plays we, a plays a little tiny part in this, and we always love seeing Navid on screen. If, if we're being too, um, uh, <laughs> Words and Pictures is the film that Gary's production company did years ago. Yeah, so it's a it's a special little film, but mainly the old man is is a really really great. It's got really good people in great it. series. Everybody's right really good. There's in Hulu's. It. I mean, we we didn't use our Hulu subscription for. Pretty much nine months of the year long and trial, it's been and now just like good stuff. I think it's because they're about to raise the rates. 
That's probably what happened. We start watching and, and they raise the rates. rates <laughs> yeah. Of course, Only Murders in the Building is on there, too. That's so good. Yeah, but The Old Man is really great. Really good. Really good stuff. Add it to the, add it to the list of, of, of everything you're going to watch um, on the small screen. Um, so to pair, I thought it would be fun uh, to pair a, a wine from some old vines because I couldn't find an old man wine, though there are, are a lot of old men making wine. But that's another story. Um, in Napa Valley, Brandlin Estate. Uh, so I, I've never physically been to Brandlin. Brand, B-R-A-N-D-L-I-N? Yes. Okay. Um, uh, but their sister winery, Kuvayasan, um, we've both been to. Same winemaker um, for for Brandlin. And um, we haven't been there because the estate is literally, it's like, it's up on Mount Beter, which if you ever hear about Mount Beter wines, you'll there's kind of a, a, a story that, is tied to every wine from Mount Beter, and that is rusticity. That is rugged. It is it is kind of one of the harder parts of Napa Valley to farm. Steep slopes, super rocky, um, very rugged. And that usually says to me, "Good wine." Well, yeah, I, I'm such a mountain fruit fan anyway. And then um, you'd kind of just bring in this unruliness uh, that that the um, region brings. But um, back in the 1870s, the Brandlins uh, immigrated from Switzerland with, uh, you know, let's talk about some, some steep slopes and um, brought their heritage to create the, a home and an orchard and a, a stagecoach and a little store wow. up on um, up on Mount Veter. And though it was challenging, they figured they they brought their knowledge and and made it thrive, including uh, planting the first vines there in 1926. Wow! So um, some of those vines are still around today. Some of the vines are still um, being used to produce their just gorgeous, gorgeous wines. And though it, so the the Brandlin Estate Cabernet Sauvignon, um, you know Napa's Cab Country. Um, as I said, there's a there's a rusticity to it that I just love. It's it's a big wine. It's it's definitely a hearty wine, but there's also such a nice kind of elegance. It's not just a fruit bomb, and 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 it's not just a high alcohol. It's not overly extracted. It's not trying to be overly showy. It has a nice refinement. It has a nice. Um, it's not a delicate wine, but there's definitely an elegance to it with this, you know, kind of the pencil lead and the, the, the crushed stone and the graphite and the woody herb and those kind of um, characteristics, roasted espresso and cocoa bean and that sort of thing. Is this a pricey wine like a lot of those big cabs? Um, yeah, I think it's like 100 Oh, okay. Which is kind of— But that tells me something. That's, yeah. That's Napa. Yeah, and it's, um, it's a state, so it's not a, a blend. It's definitely from their estate um, fruit. And, and just a really—I think uh, uh, it's a really beautiful representation of well-made mountain fruit. So is it true the older the vine, the less the grapes? Um, the grapes become more concentrated. Right. So, so yes, I mean the 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 flavor becomes more intense. The structure becomes um, the the fruit can become more structured. Um, 
you you likely won't get as much juice. Um, you know, you won't the 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 bunches the the, the grapes will be a little smaller. The clusters are smaller. Right. Yeah, but the but the quality. But the quality. Yes, and and you That's might not have as much. one thing I love about much, old vines. Yeah. yeah, you might not have as much um, juice, but you you'll have this just incredible flavor. So. It's it's almost like you're talking about Jeff Bridges. <laughs> You know, <laughs> as we get older, we might not have as much juice, but man, we're really but good. But the quality more. is really, but the really good. Is really... <laughs> what a show today! I think this is just <laughs> fascinating. Just really good stuff. Hey, hey, thanks for that, Brandlin yes. Estate Cabernet. Yes, so two, and and like I said, I'm I'm anxious to see what um, you know, excited for Tara Gomez and and this uh, adventure with her wife, but I'm also really really excited to see what what she's going to do with her. And her by the wife. way, if you're listening to this and you want me to read a script, it's a million bucks. <laughs> I'll do it for half a million. Just give me a couple weeks. Next time on Cogel One and Film a Perfect Pairing, a look at a box office hit earlier this year. It's also getting some early Oscar buzz. It's now finally streaming. It's called Everything Everywhere All at Once. And a cool little documentary. It's not about wine, but about the cool taste of bourbon. And the doc is called Neat, the Story of Bourbon. It's really good. It's so good. It's really good. I can't wait, Gary. It's going to be so much fun. But for now, let's see what we're drinking now by following me on Instagram and Twitter at Dallas Uncorked or by following Gary on Twitter at Gary Cogill. And with that, I'm Gary Cogill, and I'm always looking for the next great film. I'm Haley Hamilton Cogill, always in search of a great glass of wine. Join us next time on Cogill Wine and Film, a perfect pairing. Aloha. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.